Oh, I am very excited to talk to you about this. This was one of my favorite uh, sermons to prepare. Um, I love talking about love. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and uh, it was funny because I got the, the passage from Brian and it was like, I want to do 1 Corinthians 13. And I laughed out loud because the last time I did 1 Corinthians 13, I was doing it for my very first wedding uh, that I was uh, officiating. And it was uh, my friend uh, and family, uh, Callista and Brent. Uh, and, uh, I had been preparing for a whole month. I was super scared and nervous and I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I gotta get it right, you know, cause it's like one and done, you know, it's not like you get to redo it the next day. Uh, but that would be great for two receptions, but they said no. Uh, and so then, uh, I was doing this and I showed them the night before. I was like, hey, you know, I, I got all everything ready and what do you, why don't you look through it, you know, kind of to get the final, oh, this looks great. And, uh, and Britt turned to Clisten and said, wait, was this the passage that we chose? And all of a sudden, just fear, like, came on my face. And he's like, I thought we said we weren't doing this passage. And then he just turned to me, and he's like, would you mind just rewriting it and doing a different passage? And I was like, no problem. No problem at all. 1030 at night, night before the wedding, I'd love to. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first experience ever doing a wedding, first and last so far. Uh, so uh, if you guys want to get married, just let me know. I'm available. Um, but it was kind of funny because Brent has become a really, really good friend of mine. And now I'm really glad that we did change it the night before because the wedding was, was just perfect. Um, so I just laughed. I was like, of, of all passages, here we go. Um, so I'm really glad. Thank you, Brian, for not changing the passage last minute. I'm really grateful for that uh, because I actually did prepare for this one as well. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So if you've got a Bible around you, if you've got a paper Bible, you've got a, a Bible on, uh, on your phone, your iPad, whatever, go ahead and grab it. We're going into 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Instead of reading it all at the beginning here, we're going to kind of break through a little bit of it as we're going. Um, so I'm going to start kind of at the end because one of the great things about the Bible is it'll have this whole chapter and it will kind of like make all of these really great points and then it gets to the end and it's like, this is what it's about. So when you preach on it, it's really great because you can get to the end and be like, oh, that's the point of my sermon. And so uh, so we're going to go ahead and start down at the end. And um, when we look at uh, chapter 13, it's it talks about three different things. It says chapter 13, 13, it says this. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so we look at faith, hope, and love, and I feel like as a church, like a lot of times we really talk about faith, you know, like put your faith in Jesus, live your life of faith, you know, like if you have faith, you can move a mountain, you know, and, and this hope that we have in Jesus, you know, like, you know, get get excited for the hope that is to come. Like we talk about these things all the time, and these are really important things, okay? Don't discount like faith and hope awesome things, okay? But but it says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I think that sometimes this is kind of the thing either that we gloss over or that becomes like, you know, something as simple as like, I love cheeseburgers, you know? I love this or I love that, you know? So we kind of get this really watered-down version of love. And um, what I'm hoping to do today is to kind of break through some of that, like, I love cheeseburgers and I love Jesus kind of in separate terms, you know what I'm saying? Like, not quite equivalent. So we want to look at those things and see why love is the greatest of these things. Because we really do. It says the greatest of these things love and it says love will last forever. When you think about it, it's like love. You were loved before you were ever born. You were loved when Jesus created you. You were loved every day of your life. And then in the next life, you're completely loved. So love literally lasts forever. It's one of those things that is going to be forever, is is something that you've experienced and will always experience. So it's really important to 
to understand, okay, what's this thing that we're doing forever? You know, like I want to get good at it. I'm a little bit competitive. So if I'm doing something forever, I want to do it well forever. And, you know, I don't know about you, but that's just me. Okay, so I want to do love well forever. So we're going to go back into the top of the um, of the verse here. I'm going to read the first three uh, verses here. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I would boast about, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would gain nothing. I want to just take a look at this list real quick, okay? Like my life goal is to be great at one of these things, you know, like, you know, speaking all languages of the earth and angels. I can't even get to Spanish too well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even get the second language, you know what I'm talking about? You know, or, or prophesying and understanding all of God's mysteries. Be able to, like, talk to people and be like, this is what God has for you. Let me share all the mysteries of the Lord. You know, like, how crazy would that be? You could go into every church and tell them, like, this is what God wants to do in your church. This is the word of encouragement he wants to give you. I would, I think I might pick that one. Um, or you could die for my faith. I don't know if I picked that one. You know, that, that you, you love Jesus enough that you'd be willing to sacrifice your love uh, and your life for your faith. That's crazy, you know, or, or doing miracles, you know, like I have, I have, I've known a lot of people in my life that, that struggle with, um, you know, illness or, or struggle with things in their life. How cool would it be to be like, be healed in Jesus name and just go to everybody. You know, I'd just be walking around town, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. You know, how great would that be? You could heal everybody. COVID would be gone. You know, that would be incredible. Or, you know, or if you're rich, giving everything to poor when you're, you know, not super rich, not that great. But if I were rich, you know, and I gave everything to the poor, how great, you know, like, man, I could change people's lives, you know. So I look at this list. I want you guys to look at this list right now and pick one thing that you're like, if I could do one of these things, this is what I would do. I choose prophecy. You can choose whatever you want. No judgments, you know, but I would love to speak into people's lives and say, like, this is what God is doing for you. And so I just think about how life-changing that would be to, to change people's lives by sharing what God has for them. You know what I mean? Like, here, God has this word for you that you needed to hear, and, and now it's life-changing. You go to the next person, God has this word for you, it's life-changing, you're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, how great would that be? And that would be, that would not even just change people's lives, that would change the world, that would change governments, that would change nations, you know, and, and we look at how valuable all of these things are in individual terms. But he's saying if you did all of these things, it is not equivalent and it's not as powerful as loving people. Nothing, nothing is more important than love. That's how valuable love is. I'm hoping you guys are getting a stronger picture. It's not like I love cheeseburger. This love that is more powerful than everything is life-changing. It, it's, it's saying that every single person, if you experience this love, you would be different forever. Because nothing is more important than this love that gets. And even today in churches, I think that our list might look a little bit different than what he has here. 
Because I think that we value things a little bit differently. Like, uh, I think our list now would be like perfect theology, that you would understand everything and, and have this perfect theology about who God is and what the Bible is. Or attending church weekly, that you have all your hash, hash marks in there, and you're like, I've got my perfect attendance at church, you know, or, or we did our daily devotions every day, you know, or, uh, or we're able to perform miracles, or we tithe, or we're a good person. I feel like we value all of these things so much that, you know, that we're like, we got to do these things but i feel like sometimes we get our our priorities a little bit mixed up that these things kind of become the end goal you know what i mean i think that there's so much that is um oh i'm getting closer guys i can come closer to you hello do i look taller maybe all of these things that we we put on today i'm keeping man i'm gonna get real tall hello everyone and so we're going to have this thing where um, where we have these priorities that we have, you know, perfect theology, attending church. We have, we have these lists of things that we want to do and that we put really in, well, as a Christian faith, these are the things that I want to do really well. And the reality is, is those things are of no value when it comes to love. There's no value when it comes to love. Now, one thing I do want to share with you that is one of my favorite things. I hope I don't block this because this is going to be really important. I don't know if you've had one of these, but it's called a banana royale, okay? Now, if you want to show me love, give me one of these, okay? I just want to share that. But also, I, I know that when I say this at church, I get like 50 of these. So we're going to start signing you up. Uh, so just let me know who's on for Monday. Uh, but this is a banana royale, and it is so delicious. They put bananas on the bottom. You get some chocolate ice cream. You get some mint chip. You drizzle some chocolate syrup. Not chocolate fudge, chocolate syrup on there. You get your whipped cream, nuts if you're not allergic, and then you throw your uh, your cherry on top. Oh, my goodness. It is so good. I love it so much. And so we have this, this Sunday, and I feel like that's what the church does, is we build this, like, beautiful church Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we put some worship in there. We put some prayer. Get your daily devotions. You know, we got I'll put a wana in there, youth ministry. You know, we, we build this beautiful Sunday that you look at this, and you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. Look at how awesome this is and we you know we're like we're gorging on it every week we're like mm, this is tasty you know and and i think that sometimes we forget that um the the point of it is not to actually build the ice cream sundae but it's about using the sundae to build relationships and so like this is a perfect picture of like how i see the church functioning is that we 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 use this we build this perfect you know church sunday you know we put worship we put prayer we put all of these things into it perfect theology spiritual gifts all these things that are really valuable and important and so good but the point of them is not to just build the sunday the point of them is to be able to share it with people around us is is to use it to build our relationship with god and with other people that's what all of it's about. You know, I don't, I don't build a perfect youth ministry because I'm like, oh, look at my great youth ministry. You know, I build it so that I can get kids there so that I can build a relationship with them. So I can show them who God is. That's why I do youth ministry. I want to use it so that people could know that they are loved and that they are wanted and that they are valued. Uh, we look at like in the, in the Bible, there's something called the two greatest commandments. And these commandments are this. It says one, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. So essentially love God with everything that you are. And, and the second one is like, and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. These are, if we do nothing else well as Christians, these are the things that we need to do is to love God with all our heart, soul, 
mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. And one of the best ways that we can love God is by loving people like that. When we learn to love people with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and the strength, then we find that we're loving God that way. But I think sometimes we, we just put that on, oh, I'm just going to try really hard with God, and then I'm going to give people some of my effort. But really, like, what God loves is for us to receive his love and to give his love as it is. So when we love people with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, God is, like, so proud of us. He's like, that's it. That's what I've been telling you to do. You know, and so we, we have to learn to love people like that because, again, remember, the beginning of the passage said, this is the most important thing. And then we're looking at, okay, Jesus also says, or God says that, that these are the two most important commandments. So this is the most important thing. Oh, yeah, by the way, this is still the most important thing. And so now we need to look at, okay, well, we're loving God that way. And it says, love your neighbor that way. So, so who is our neighbors? You know, it's, it's not the easy people to love or the people that we are around all the time. It's not all the people that we get. You know, it's people in the LGBTQ community. It's people of other faiths, other races, other ethnicities. It's a Democrat if you're a Republican. It's a Republican if you're a Democrat, especially right now. Uh, it's atheists. It's agnostics. It's those that are legally here, illegally here, the unkind, other denominations that don't believe what you believe. Everybody in this list is your neighbor. You are to love them with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. You're supposed to love them as God loves you, which is unconditionally and completely. And can we do that? It's so hard, I think, because we, we have our mistakes. We're hurt people. We're broken people. We're not perfect. You know, and so it's very hard for us because, you know, it's easy to love these people, so we spend our time loving them. Now, I don't understand what's going on over here, so I'm just going to create some space. But that's not how we love God well. We love God well when we show his love to everybody in the way that he wants us to, with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And so we need to get better at this. This is something that we really struggle with. Now, the good thing about this is when we're like, well, how do we do that? You know, what does it look like to love with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? But the good thing is there's there's like a little guideline in here. You're welcome. You know, it's like, thank you, Jesus. You know, and so literally, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, we get into verse 4. This is what it said. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. What an awesome list. I look at this list, and I love it because it says that this is what love is, and it also says this is what love is not. Because I think sometimes we get that confused a little bit, so it's good that we have the list for both. You know, So we look at this, it says patient, kind, not boastful, not proud. It does not dishonor others. I love that one. I don't want to dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Isn't that awesome? Keeps no record of wrongs. I think I keep too many of those. Uh, does not delight in evil, rejoices with the truth, always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. What a great list. And the thing about it, you know what I love about this list too, is that is, is we, can, we can use it as a guideline for how well we're loving other people. And it also shows us how God loves us. Because it says, in John it says, God is love. And so you can look at this and you could go, Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not prideful. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. 
Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. That's how you are loved. And if you've never heard that, I hope that you hear that now, that this is how Jesus loves you, completely, totally, and unconditionally. That is how we are loved. And that's why God wants us to love others like that. And there's one part in this. So a lot of these are kind of, you know, self kind of self-evident, you know, like patient and kind. You know, like those things, we kind of know what they are. There's one part in here I think that we get really wrong. And it's this part. It says, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. A lot of people will read this, and they actually have a really bad interpretation of this. The thing about it is when when the Bible was written, it actually wasn't written in English. It was written in different languages. So the New Testament was written in a language called Greek. And so when you get into the original language, it has really specific meaning for specific things. And so when it gets translated over into English, they do a great job. But sometimes when they translate it and we read it, we read some things into it that aren't really there. And so I want to kind of clarify this part right here because I think that sometimes we get it a little bit wrong. So let's look at this. So does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. What this is not, this is not the part of the Bible that is talking about like iron sharpens iron or your your job is to fix or to judge somebody. That's not what this is talking about. When it says does not delight in evil, this is not your cue to say, well, let me tell you what evil is in your life. You know, like all you fixers out there, you're just going to have to stop, let it go. But it's it's not about that. It's not about taking something that someone's doing and throwing it out. That's not what this this passage is talking about. There's other passages in the Bible that talk about like iron sharpens iron and those things. So good. But this is we're just gonna take that box, we're just gonna put it over there, okay? We're gonna come on over here to what this is actually talking about, okay? This is actually saying, and I put this in as simple terms as I could, is that we take no joy in seeing a friend or enemy fall into brokenness. That's what it is about. It's about empathy. It's about joining with somebody in the pain of brokenness. And that's what sin is, right? It's it's missing the mark. Literally, that's what it's translated at. It's missing the mark. It's not being perfect. It's being imperfect. And so when people, you know, don't aren't perfect and when people break and are broken, we're not rejoicing like, oh, you know, you did it wrong. You know, it's it's saying, oh, I hurt with you. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Or, oh, I wish you didn't make that decision. That's what it's an empathetic thing. OK, it's not a fixer thing. It's an empathy thing. And then on the other side of it, it says, take joy in the good that is coming out of someone's life. And so when people are doing really good, you're like, yes, do it. You know, like you're their cheerleader. Like you're so thrilled about the good that they're doing because that's what you want for their life. So it's a very different. So I want you to kind of take that idea. If you've ever read this as a fixer passage or you've ever read it as I need to tell somebody what they're doing wrong, let's just take that box and just put that over here, okay? And that's not what it's talking about. Let's go back over to the empathy side, okay? So it's about empathy and rejoicing with them, okay? So, like, use that when you read through this passage instead of, of going into that judgmental fixer mode. Go into the empathy and joy. That's what That's what it's talking about. So we read through that list. We kind of get through those things. It gives us a framework to see how we're doing with loving people. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for putting that in there. And then we move on to the next part of the passage. So the first part says, this is how important love is. The second part goes, this is kind of the framework of how we love. And then the last part is is really interesting because now it goes into no matter how well we love and how well we do this, we're never going to see it perfectly. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the world's a little bit messed up. You might have noticed during COVID, you might have noticed really our whole life, okay? The world's got a little bit messed up, okay? That there is nothing in this world that we're going to see clearly when it comes to God. We just can't because we live in a broken world. 
And so in here, it, it, there's a, a passage in, in 1312, and it says, now we see things perfectly as in a cloudy mirror. I love that. So ironic. Now we see things, oh, imperfectly in a cloudy mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. That while we're down here, we're never going to fully see how loved we are by God. We only get little glimpses here and there. That we, we have those people in our lives, hopefully, that just love you completely and fully and can show you that. And so you can see just a little piece of what God is. I was thinking about this, and, and the best example I could come up with is a lot of us are on Zoom right now, right? You know, like we've got our Zoom calls, Zoom small groups, maybe Google Duo, Google Hangouts, whatever you're using. You know, we have this Zoom thing that we're using. And when we're doing Zoom, like right now, you're looking at me through a screen. I'm looking at a little black dot. I mean, I do not see you. I have no idea, you know, how you guys are doing. It, it kills me. You know, so I am, you are seeing me imperfectly. You know, like you don't see me as I am because you're seeing me through a screen. You can see me move and do a little dance. You know, you can, you can see all this, but you really are not experiencing me as if you were with me here. You know, and then I was also thinking that when it said, you see me imperfectly, this is my screenshot from a Zoom call uh, because my internet is so awesome at my house. And that's how I see, I feel like, that, that when we connect with God, it's just a little bit blurry. You kind of see it, but you don't really see it, you know? And so I love looking at scripture because when I look at this, I see exactly what God is trying to say to me. You are fully, completely, and totally loved. And so we, we can't always recognize because we have broken relationships around us. If you, if you have a bad family or uh, a structure that's unhealthy or whatever's going on there, you may not fully understand like what love is because you just see broken love. If that's you, just read, go, go read first John. Go read the Gospel of John. Go, go recognize what love really is. Read first Corinthians 13. This is how God loves you. Look at that because it, it is, it is life changing when we experience God's love. And, um, so I want you guys to just take two things. I was like, what are two things that I want you guys to get out of all of this? Because I'm, I'm saying a lot. Uh, I'm sure I'm over time, but I don't care because I'm talking about love and I love it. Um, these are two things I don't want you to ever forget. One, you are loved perfectly, completely, and unconditionally by God. That is every single person. If you're watching and you're like, I don't really care about church or the Christian faith, no problem. You are totally, completely, and unconditionally loved by God. If you followed God your whole life, great. You were loved totally, perfectly, completely, and unconditionally by God. That's the first thing. And the second thing is loving God and loving people well is the most important thing we'll ever do. So if you're if you're struggling with that, have God change your heart. Because if Christians do nothing else well, if we do nothing else well, we have to learn to love people with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength as we love God. So let's pray real quick, and then uh, I think we're going to head into some worship right now. God, I just love you so much, God. And I, I feel like maybe there was somebody watching that just needs to hear that, God, that they need to know and experience the love that you have for them. So, God, right now, in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would just show them that, God, that wherever they're at, and they're in their home or, or they're watching from somewhere else on their phone or iPad or whatever, God, that you are with them right now. You promised that, that you are with them. So if somebody needs to hear that, God, would you just show them and experience with them your love that is unconditional and complete and that there is nothing that can separate us from your love Jesus and and would you show us God this week God what is one person and one thing that we need to change in our lives that we could love people better God we just need to take one step at a time so God I pray that you would give just real understanding to people God what is one person and one thing that we need to change in order to love them better God, you love us so much, and I'm so grateful for that. God, I pray that this this church, Bethany Church, God, that we would become so good at loving people, and that's what we would become known for. God, I love you so much, and I'm so grateful for the way that you love us. pray all these things in Jesus' name.